Well, brethren, it's nice to be with you today. It's been a while since I've seen you. It may be that uh, you might think it's been a long time, but I have good news for you today. The good news is that our Lord Jesus is coming very, very soon. I've been expecting him for quite a while now. I was expecting him the last time I was with you so that you can understand that I'm more expected of him today. And I want to encourage you. The Bible teaches us in its Greek translation that we are to be on tiptoe, watching, working, witnessing and waiting for the coming of the great God and Saviour, our Lord Jesus Christ. Last Tuesday we had the race that stops the nation. A few weeks ago, we had the big G at the sacred turf in Melbourne. But the greatest day is coming. And that's the day when our Saviour, sadly, as our pastor has said, most people won't be watching, they won't be waiting, they won't be working, they won't be witnessing. But let me encourage you to stand steadfast in the liberty where Christ has made us free that we may not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage, casting all our care upon the Lord, for he cares for us. I had the tragic news, being in Ballarat yesterday, I had been sharing the gospel with some young people, and one has fallen to the wiles of the devil, and he's not answering the phone, he's not answering the pastor's call, he's not answering anybody's calls at the church. I want to say to everybody today, particularly our young people, the devil is out to get you. Don't be deceived. He is called Satan. He's called the God of this world. He has blinded the eyes of all those who have not believed in the gospel. And we're talking about the majority. But unto us that are being saved, it's a present tense. It's in the passive voice. We are being saved. The pastor said we were saved and we continue to be saved. And what are we saved from? We're rescued from the darkness of this world. We're delivered from the course of Satan and we are in service for the king. So as he comes, I want you to be more aware And I'll tell you why a lot of people don't expect him, because when you lift up this book, they say that it's just a man's book. They say, that's not God's book. Well, I'm here today, and I'm here today to declare that this is God's book. And from the scripture that have been read today in Psalm 19, Lord permitting... I trust that the Holy Spirit will speak through my life to you. And in a certain amount of verses, it's probably a minority of verses. You may never have noticed it before. I trust if you have a listening ear and a listening heart to hear what the Spirit is saying today, that you will walk away with lucid knowledge and information about how God condenses the Scripture into three verses, verses 7, 8 and 9 of Psalm 19. If you study the Scripture... If you analyse the scripture, if you read the scripture, 
and you belong to Jesus and you've asked him to be your saviour, he will reveal the scripture to you. Just as he's revealed it to me and he's revealed it to others, he will reveal it to you. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a person sows, that likewise shall they reap. And they that reap the flesh will reap damnation, but they that reap to the Spirit through the word of God will receive eternal salvation. Edward Mote said, My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame. I wholly lean on Jesus' name. And so before we come to the message... I've been endeavouring. The word endeavouring in the Greek New Testament, it means that I've been athletic. I've been striving to get to this sermon, and this is the third time. And I am, I am categorically stating that we will do it today. <laughs> that's a hapax legomena, a promise that's once and for all given that will never ever be reiterated again. We will get through Psalm 19 today, so I invite you to buckle your seatbelt as we ride along with Christ today at Faith Baptist Church for the next 30 or 40 minutes. So before we start now, I just want to say that I was over here. This is actually my holidays from my church group in Adelaide. I'm a, a fellow labourer and a companion in the gospel with Pastor Andrew Coe in Adelaide at the Word of God Christian Centre in downtown Broadview and that's where I full-time serve God and I'm on six weeks furlough as the Americans call it, I'm on six weeks annual leave as the Aussies call it and my six weeks by God's mercy and grace to me I've been given the opportunity to speak in six churches in Melbourne over the forthcoming weeks so I would ask you if you would pray for me because like the devil is after you, the devil is trying to stop me. He wants to stop me from teaching the unsearchable riches of Christ to people. See, God has given some people the ability to preach and teach the word of God and hopefully you folk might say when I'm finished with you today, well, we believe the Lord has given Brother Edmund that gift. So I want you to pray for me over the next six weeks as I go around uh, downtown Melbourne preaching in his mighty name. I was in Beaufort just yesterday. I was coming from uh, Narracourt in South Australia. You, you may never heard of that place, but that's over the border there where Ed Wanganine comes from. And I was in downtown Narracourt and I, I drove over into Beaufort which is near Ballarat and that. And the Lord pulled me up. He said, it's time to exercise your, your legs and that head to get out and do a few things. Don't go and eat like a gluttonous and a wine bibber, but just do walk around and get a bit of life be in it for a little while, you know. So they had the marketplace there, and I walked along by the market, and uh, I saw all these, you know, you see everything in a market, you know. And so I saw all the cassettes and I, I said to the guy, I said, have you got any gospel tapes? He said, oh, there's an ocean full of them, just look for them. So I went over and I couldn't find none because I have to actually have an eye operation too. 
unless I wear glasses or things like that, my eyesight is not that good too. So I'd like you to actually pray for me. I've actually got to go back to Adelaide because I got a phone call the other day. So an interruption to my preaching time here with you guys in the next six weeks. I've got to go back to Adelaide next. This I have an operation on my right eye, and the people are going to put in my eye like a little microchip or something, and they're hopeful over the next three months it'll release a fluid that'll go into my right eye that will uh, make it like our sisters better. So if you could be a prayer partner for Ed Wanganin, that the Lord will give me that eye. If he doesn't, I have the eye of faith. I'm not worried. My wife is quite angry. She's not with us because she went totally blind. And she's coming to grips with that. She's a bit angry. She's angry with the Lord. She's angry with a lot of people. That's why she lost her eyesight. Let me say to you, if I lose my eyesight... It doesn't worry me because I have the eye of faith and I know that once I was blind but now I can see and I, uh, I will rejoice and I will continue to rejoice because when the Lord says we have eyes or no eyes, those are the things that are not important. The most important thing in our life is that we know Jesus Christ as our Lord and as our Saviour. So I'm going to ask our pastor now. Uh, Pastor Frank, I won't worry about the last name. You all know him well enough. I'm going to ask him if he'll pray for the message. So let's have a word of prayer and then we'll preach. Father in heaven, we uh, thank you once again for your loving kindness and for the provision of your word. And Father, we pray now as our brother Ed delivers that word to us and the, uh, the message that you've put on his heart, Father, that you would speak clearly through him, that you would hide him behind your cross and that we would see Jesus in him and through these words. Father, I pray more so that our hearts would be prepared for this message, that the Holy Spirit would be working on us even now. Father, preparing the soil that the seed of word of God might go deep in, that it might take root and that it might continue to flourish and bear fruit in our lives. I pray for our brother Edna. Give him the words to speak and give him the boldness of speech. Through the Spirit of God, we pray in Jesus' name. Our Father in heaven, Lord, we just pray for the flock of God here at Faith Baptist Church today. We ask that the weapons of our warfare would not be carnal, but mighty through yourself through the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imagination and every eye thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bring every thought into the captivity of Christ. And we would pray now, as Samuel prayed years ago, Lord, speak, for your servants are listening. We ask this in Jesus' name. Speaking of eyesight, I'll put Speggy McGee on. Psalm 19. If you have your Bible, I invite you to open it. Just a quick outline. Our brother read from verse 1 down to verse 14. Verses 1 and 6 is an overview that God created the heavens and the earth and all the things in it. That's called a general revelation. And that general revelation has been given to every person that's ever walked on the face of the earth. If you really want to come to know God, it's as simple as looking outside. It's as simple as that. But yet, 
people have put down the word of God, as it says in Romans chapter 1, and they worship the creature more than the creator. So I am a creationist. David is a creationist. And all of us that believe in the word of God know that the sun, the moon and the stars are a declaration that the Lord our God reigns. The book of Job says he holds the world up with nothing. He holds the world on nothing. And so that's the general creation. But I want to preach on the special revelation. And the special revelation is in Psalm 19, verses 7 to 14. And you can follow me along. It says that the law of the Lord is perfect. It converts the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure. It makes wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right. It rejoices the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure. It enlightens the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean. It endures forever. And the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. The first thing that you can learn from Scripture as David sitting on those Judean hills years ago when he was just a shepherd and the Holy Spirit took hold of him and it, it had David write the psalm but the psalm actually comes from the Holy Spirit. It comes from God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. It's very important that people here at Faith Baptist Church understand that God gives revelation concerning his word. The word of God is a mystery to the godless. The godless read the Bible and they have no understanding. They could be PhD people. They could be people with masters of arts or all the degrees that go right down to the tip of their fingers from the top of their arm. They have no insight nor foresight of the word of God because it's a mystery. Mysterion is the Greek word. It's a mystery to the godless. But to those who Jesus has chosen, you are a chosen generation, it says in John chapter 15, verse 16. You are a, a royal priesthood who have been called out of darkness. I think that's in 1 Peter, actually. In, in John 15, verse 16, Jesus says, You did not choose me, but I have chosen you, and I have ordained you that you should go forth and bring forth fruit that whatsoever you ask in my Father's name, he will give it to you. So what I'm saying is what God is revealing or has revealed. He has revealed, he is revealing, and he will reveal until he comes. He reveals to those who believe in him. If you're here this morning and you have not accepted Jesus as your saviour, I want to say to you now, you're having trouble because the word is God, it's given to the believer. It's not given to the one that doesn't believe. But if you're here today and you want to believe and you have the desire to believe, if you ask Jesus to be your saviour, he will open your eyes that you will be able to see and understand 
the word of God. Now, six statements are said about the Lord in these verses, and it's all in the possessive case. If we would use that term, or the genitive or the possessive, it's of the Lord. It's of the Lord. It's of the Lord. The commandments are of the Lord. The fear is of the Lord. The judgments are of the Lord. So David, under inspiration, is revealing that the Bible, the Word of God, is of the Lord and it's from the Lord. You see, the educated don't see this. But a child, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that thereby they might grow. A baby Christian will cotton on to this and they will chew and drink the milk and the food of God because God gives them the understanding in it. So scripture is of the Lord. Am I clear on that this morning? You know, other people might tell you it's only a book. I want to say to you, it is a book, but it's a book that belongs to God. It's a book from God. It's a book that's of God. So six characteristics are also made about the Word of God, and we see, if you look back at the Scripture again, it says the characteristics of the Word of God is that it's perfect, the Word of God is sure, the Word of God is right, the Word of God is pure, the Word of God is clean, and the Word of God is true. True. You cannot love Jesus without loving the truth. You cannot love the truth and not love your fellow men because truth and love kissed each other at the cross. Jesus is the truth and Jesus is the love of God. The Bible clearly teaches that there isn't a man, woman or child on this earth that God has not loved. And secondly... The Bible teaches that there's not a man, woman or child of God that has been or will be or should be born on this earth that Jesus didn't die for. This is clear. This is the scripture. Now, the six results about the word of God is that it converts the soul. It rejoices the heart. It enlightens the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clear and it endures forever. And the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. You know, brethren, if you've never been converted to Jesus, that word convert means transformed or reformed. If you haven't been refreshed, you've never been saved. The testimony of the Lord, it makes wise the simple. You know, the Hebrew people are very concrete-based type of people. They, they, they thought in, in, in concrete terms. The Greeks are more ethereal. They're more of the intelligentsia. They're more educated with theories and things like that. But, but the Hebrew was very concrete. And when he says 
the testimony of the Lord. The word testimony is the witness of the Lord, the testimony of the Lord. It makes wise the simple. And that word simple there is that the scripture makes an idiot smart in a, in a Hebrewism. The word of God can take a simpleton, and in the Hebrew culture, a simpleton is somebody that had the 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 mind of an open door. You know how a door swings on its hinges and it opens and closes? Well, the Hebrew people says that a simpleton is an idiot that had the brains of the open door. When the door opens, they don't know what to keep out. When the door's closed, they don't know what to keep in. And so the Hebrew would say, Oh, you idiot, you person with the brains of the open door. There are a lot of people around that think everybody is an idiot, but it's not really true. There are people who are simple people, but are quite educated, quite learned. And a lot of Christian people are like that. But the Christian who is a simpleton, he has the brain that he can open his mind, the doors of his mind up to all the good things in life. And he can receive, you know, the best things in life are what? Free. You can receive those things with a clear conscience and with a good mind. And, you know, you can also close out things. And I'm going to mention some things that probably need to be mentioned about keeping closed out. You may or you may not agree with me, but I'm going to share with you what God has revealed to me, what the things... I need to keep out alcohol. I know the Bible says a little wine for your stomach's sake, but you need to understand the context of it. And I haven't got time to go into it because I've got to finish this sermon. But alcohol is a no-no. You don't need... Who needs alcohol when you've got Jesus? I put it to you simply like that today. I was an alcoholic, but now I am a Christian and I am drunk in the spirit every day. I was drunk when you passed to open up the gate here. I was full as a boot on Jesus. I'd like to think that I'm paralytic now on Jesus as I preach before you. But you see, I'm drunk on the new wine. I'm drunk on the wine that cheers God and man, as it says in Judges um, 13.10, I think. Uh, Wine and alcohol is a no-no. Gambling is a no-no. It's not good to go down to the TAB and put the bet on the race that stops the nation. There's nothing in it. It's an empty house. There's nobody home. It's the devil deceiving people to put money on a stupid horse that should be left out in the paddock and, and, and should be left to endure the, the, the paddock life that God has given to it. And perhaps the kids can come and pat it and ride it around and have a little fun race. But it's not the race that stops the nation. You know, Melbourne is a fallacy and a lie on this issue. It deceives people to put billions... And I've got to keep my voice down because somebody said, uh, don't want him bellowing down the canyon, you know what I mean? (laughs) But, But I get a bit excited about it, about Jesus and about God, because you don't need gambling. You don't need poker machines. You don't need to sit down and, 
on a little stool and drink all their so-called free coffee. You're paying for every glass that you have, by the way. You don't need that. You don't need to be sitting down for hours being idle, doing nothing. You can take in the word of God, which will enrich your life, which will bond your family together, which will be a witness to your unsaved loved ones, which will declare the unsearchable riches of Christ to people. You can be simple for Christ, but you're not a simpleton. All these people who think that they are smart Alex, I call them mug Alex. They're mug Alex. And they might have more money than... What's in Alaska, the gold in Alaska? They might have more tea than what's in China. They might have oil that's more than what you've got in Texas. But you know what? Ed Wanganine walks around now and I say, I have a treasure that's above all of them. I have the treasure of Christ Jesus living in me. You see, Christ in you, that's the hope of glory. And look, I'm like the rest of you. I've been a gambler. I've been a druggie. I shared the testimony before. I've been a drinker. I come from the gutter. I went and brought some second-hand clothes to wear to the church today. I, I say it boldly and cheerfully and gladly because you know why? God has enriched me with the deeper things in life. At the end of the day, it's just a shirt. It's just a pair of socks that you put on your feet. Whether you live in Turak or whether you live out in, the, out in the sticks, it doesn't matter. God has given us all things to enjoy. And the testimony of the Lord, it makes an idiot wise. It takes a prostitute off the streets of Melbourne and it brings them into the riches of God in Christ Jesus takes a drug addict, a drinker. It takes somebody that loves money. It takes somebody that loves pornography. It takes all the things that all the iniquity that this world brings to people's lives. Jesus Christ renews them and he regenerates them and he refreshes them. He converts the soul. And as our pastor has said, being saved is one thing, but being athletic for Christ is another. You know, you heard me use that term this morning that I was athletic to preach this message to you. You know, an athlete trains. They train for the prize. And you know what our prize is? It's seeing Jesus Christ. And I said to you at the start of the message, he is coming. And I... I'm going to close the message saying that I'm expecting him to come before we finish our dinner today. So if you've heard Jesus' voice, or should I say, if you've heard the Lord Jesus Christ speaking to you, even right now, I want you to stay behind after and talk to the pastor and myself or the elders, and I want you to say, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that I will accept Jesus as my saviour and I will serve him because I believe he's calling me. Let's go on. The law of the Lord converts the soul. The testimony of the Lord, it makes an idiot wise. The principles or the statutes or the ordinances of the Lord, 
It rejoices the heart. Do you know that my heart has been effervescent since I last saw you? I was discouraged when I came in late, but I was encouraged when I left. And I am in the spirit. I am starting to be bold, Alicia. I'm starting... See, I remember her name. <laughs> I had a steak with her one day. It's the best steak I've ever eaten in my life. <laughs> I sat down and ate steak with her in downtown Tullamarine. It was beautiful. But, you know, I was, I'm in the fullness of the Spirit of God, not because I'm wealthy, not because I'm black, not because I'm educated. I'm in the fullness of God because I believe that Jesus died for my sins according to the Scriptures and he's going to rise again. And you know what? I tell everybody, the guy that gave me those little tapes in Beaufort, I preached Christ Jesus to him and I was talking to his wife and he said, she's not my wife, she's my partner. And by God's grace, I was able to say, well, you better marry her then if you're going to na- mention the name of Christ. Is that right? If you love Jesus, that's a part of the changes that take place in your life. You don't walk in darkness no more. So you get hold of that woman there, mate, and you r- rush her down to Faith Baptist Church in Faulkner, meet Pastor Frank, well, you know his last name, and, uh, you know, they get led to Christ and they get saved. The word of the Lord converts the soul. The testimony of the Lord makes wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord, it rejoices the heart. Ed Wanganin's doing handstands all the way down the... What's this freeway here that I was coming in from Ballarat? The Western Ring Road, isn't it? You know why I was rejoicing coming down that road? Didn't have to pay no toll, you know? Also, coming down that road there, I'm heading towards Faith Baptist Church and I'm looking at my clock and it's 9.45 and I said, hallelujah, what a saviour. I'm going to be there before all of them. They won't be able to run me down and laugh about me this time. This little black fellow from the bush be able to tell them all straight I was first in, best dressed. Amen? The commandment of the Lord, it enlightens the eyes. You know, the... It's a command. Jesus said in John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. The word keep is what they call an imperative in the intelligent tongue. It's a command. God's not asking you, he's commanding you. Now you're nodding at your head and saying, "Mm -hmm, well then why don't you do it? Because the fact of the matter is most churches aren't doing it. You say you do, but you don't do it. You know what Jesus says to those people? You either call me God or you don't. Jesus says, not all that call me Lord, Lord, are going to enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he or she that does my will. Luke eleven twenty eight says, Blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it or do it. Listen, brothers and sisters or people that don't know the Lord, if you want to come to the Lord, understand he's the commanding chief and you have to obey the call. And if you are a Christian, it's about time you really started to heed the call. 
And I want to say to you, you can have as many cups of tea and cake as you like up to church, but that's not the fullness of the blessing of God in Christ Jesus. The fullness of the blessing is when you hear the word and you live it out in your life. And you know you live it out? You live it out in Christ. It's no longer I that am alive, but Christ is alive in me. And the life that I live now, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and what? Gave himself for me. He who knew no sin, he took my sin and he nailed it to the tree of his cross that what? We might be made the righteousness of God. You know, Melbourne is the place where the race stops the nation. Faith Baptist could be the church that starts the nation. This little church here. There was only 12 of them in, 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 in Jesus' day. He called 12. He called them apostles. And they turned the world upside down preaching another king. One called King Jesus. Is he the king of your life this morning? Do you want him to be the king of your life? Well, then let me say to you, he's the king of my life. And I go everywhere. And sometimes most people say to me, Ed, are you a day late and a dollar short? I say, well, I don't need a day. I don't need to be late because Jesus is my master. He provides everything that I need. You see, you don't work for Jesus. I don't work for Jesus. I'm not on a wage. Pastor Frank's not on a wage. People that worship the Lord serve him. You don't work for the Lord. They came and they bowed at his feet and they worshipped the Lord and they gave gifts of frankincense and of gold. And in Myrrh, when he was a little baby, born in a manger, and now he's the boss in glory and one day soon he's coming back. And so I don't work for Jesus Christ. I worship the Lord. And you know what he says to me? And he says to you, I will meet all your needs according to my riches and glory. All you have to do is stop worrying about the bills and start reaping in the blessings. If you're a rich person here today in downtown Faulkner, if you come to Jesus, you better think about it because when you come to Jesus, he owns everything that you have. So if you accept Jesus as your life, you're literally saying, Lord, I value you more than all of these things. You're the pearl of great price. I'm lucky I had nothing. I was going to hell and I was going to die. But that's the way it is with Jesus, isn't it? You can have everything and not know Christ and you can have nothing and be a favourite with Christ because it's not the fact that you have money, it's the attitude of your heart. Is your heart saying, Lord Jesus, be merciful unto me, a sinner? Converts the soul, makes wise the simple, rejoices the art and lights the eyes. How's this? The fear of the Lord is clean. It endures forever. You know, the fear of the Lord is not filthy. You get a lot of young people say, oh, that was wicked. Oh, I'm not that dumb. I listen to it, you know. I hear the way all these young people talk about life today. They're in Disneyland. Walt Disney died in the 60s, but they're in Disneyland. They're with the dead man's dream. But I'm alive with the dream. I'm alive in the dream because Jesus has renewed our life. 
He's transformed my life into the very image of his son, Jesus. And I'm able to go around and tell young Alyssa and others, be careful, the devil's trying to kill you. That might be a powerful statement to say to her, but you know what? Alyssa has got the ability and the spirit to receive it, knowing it's the truth. Why is God after Alyssa? He's not after the ones that's out there. He's not after the girls down at St Kilda. He's not after the girls that's out there at Dandenong or the guys that's drunk out in Patterson Lake or in downtown Tullamarine. God's after the church. And he's after the church's sons and daughters. So let me encourage you, brothers and sisters, to teach your children to memorise, to treasure, to cherish the word of the living God because the entrance of God's word gives what? Light. And light is a symbol for wisdom and understanding. You know, Jesus said, I am. Not I was. He didn't say I will be. He says I am. Amen? I'm the living water. You want to get drunk? Come and get full with me. I'm the bread of life. You want to eat? Come and eat at my table. I am the resurrection. The word resurrection is from the Greek anastasis. Anna is up, stasis is to stand. God causes everything to stand up. And I'm standing up today not because of my own goodness or my own righteousness. I'm standing at Faith Baptist Church because Jesus has sent me here. And he hasn't come here to send me today to give a testimony or to do all the other stuff that I did. He's come to tell me to preach the word today. Amen. How's the time going? I'm running out of time, obviously. Let's summarise things. Well, the law of the Lord is perfect. It transforms the soul or it refreshes the soul. Is your mind refreshed today? Are you, are you like the deer panting after the water brooks? Did you come here? <laughs> You know, want to drink up the waters of life, or you like Pavlog's dog salivating? You know, you educated Bob, you know about Pavlog. Well, that's a dumb story, you know, because every time the bell rings, Pavlog's dogs are. <laughs> but God's people, as the deer pants after the water brooks when he's been running away from somebody who's trying to kill him, he's thirsty and oh, he drinks up that cool, beautiful water. And that's the picture of what God does for us. He refreshes us. He restores the soul. He renews everything. Where are we? Where are we? He transforms the soul. That word transform is from the word metamorphosis. And you all know that uh, the cocoon changes into the butterfly. Well, the blackfella changed into a blessing. You know, I was a curse before, but now I'm a blessing. I was the first person going out handing out drugs to people. Oh, do you want to buy an ounce? Do you want a deal? Do you want some dope? How stupid could you be buying all that crap? How ridiculous is it when you really come to think of it that young people today are buying filthy little packets of dope for 25 bucks or 30 I know about it because I know a lot of my rallies are on it. So I don't want you to think that I have a science degree in it or anything like that, but I'm aware of it because I've got relations who are dying in it. And, you know, when we give them the word of this book, they reject it. Oh, 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 leprosy, leprosy, leprosy. They reject it like that. Are you like that? Do you want to reject this book? Because this book is life. 
Whoever reads this book will have life. And whoever don't read this book will have death. God says, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether you serve the gods of the Amalekites who's on the other side of the lake or the gods who are on this side. But as for me, Joshua said, as for me, Caleb said, we will serve the Lord. And I want to say to you at Faith Baptist Church this morning, will you choose the Lord? It's your choice. Isn't God that good? God doesn't make people say it's his book. He's given people a choice. You can choose to believe what God's people say, that this is God's book, or you can believe some scientist down the road or some educator down at your universities that says this book is rubbish. You know, this book speaks for itself. You open up this book, it'll declare its own destiny to you. You know, you open up the cage of a lion, the lion will defend itself, won't it? If you open up the word of God, the word of God will defend itself. For the word of God is alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit and is a discerner. That word discerner is the Greek for it's a judge. It judges people and it gives people the due desserts that they want. If you want the delights of the Lord, you give your life to Christ. If you want the desert of the devil, you can choose that yourself. The testimony of the Lord is that it speaks for itself. You know, have you ever led somebody to Christ recently? Have you given your testimony out? You know, when you give your testimony and you tell people that, you know, uh, Jesus saves, it, it, it wins people to Christ. How many people have given their testimony last week? Now, don't all reach for the sky, but, you know, just say within your heart, Amen. As you testify about the love of Christ, the Lord will be revealed to those. The witness of the Lord is so sure it makes wise the idiot, I said. Let's go on now. I better go down here. Proverbs 9, on enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean and endures forever. The book of Agai, it teaches that the fear of the Lord brings true obedience. You see, if you have a fear for God your heart will become obedient. Now, we're not talking about being scared, as in packing it. You know, when some, when I was a young guy playing football and I had to stand somebody that's six foot two and I'm only five foot seven or five eight, there was fear came into me. But I was able to cast it out. You know why? Because my brothers told me, if he beat you, I'm going to bash you up after. <laughs> And my brothers, one of them was 15 years older and the other one was five years older. And both were bigger than me and older than me. And they said, if you run from him, you better be running from me for the rest of the week. And so, because I feared my brothers more, I overcame those people. But when I look back at now, it was like a psychological tactic, wasn't it? My brothers that were teaching me to face my fears. Well, the Bible will teach you to face your fears. The fear of darkness, the fear of the unknown, the fear of having not enough money to pay the bills. If you fear the Lord, God will show you how wonderful he is. Isn't that beautiful? So let me say to you, brethren, we all have fears, 
But the only way we can overcome them is when we have somebody like brothers like mine who tell me I'm going to kill you. Or when you get older and you know about the Lord, you have the Lord that says, fear in me and I will keep you. I will love you and I will protect you. The fear of the Lord, Proverbs 9.10 says, is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the holy understands. Proverbs 22 verse 4 says, By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honour and life. If you want the true riches, if you want the true honour and life, then you need to fear God, to put God first. And I'm saying, I'm, I'm going to say this with a clear law. I believe that Sunday is the Lord's day. I know the, I know the, the, the Seventh-day Adventists say Saturday is the Lord's day. Well, no, Seventh-day Adventists is actually the Jews' day, the Sabbath day. The resurrection, the day that Jesus rose from the dead is the first day of the week. It's the Sunday. And that's the Lord's day. That's on a Sunday. That's why we meet. And I know a lot of people in church soon will say, I can't make it to work next week. I've got commitments. Don't be deceived by the devil by working on Sunday. I can understand you can work on Sunday. There might be a need. So I'm not trying to say, you know, I want to kill it. I'm just saying to you, make sure that you're batting up for the Lord on more Sundays than what you are batting up for money. Jesus says he'll put holes in your pocket if you love money. But if you trust in him, riches and honour and humility comes with it. I used to work every Sunday. By God's mercy and God's grace to me, I don't work on Sunday no more. I say no Sunday, I will be in the Lord's house. Now I know it's a delicate matter. And so I'm trying to say it as quietly as possible. But as for me and my house, I won't serve the Lord on Sunday. I'll serve him every day. That's where I'm at. I want to encourage you, you policemen, you doctors, all you medical fraternity, all you emergency fraternity, remember there's an emergency for people to know the Lord. So let's put God first. But seek ye first and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honour and life. Oh, I just better look at the clock, sorry. I've got a daytime job, you know. Gonna keep well, let's go down. I want to close saying it's time to close. <laughs> I want to close on this one, John 14, 6. Jesus is the way to God. Jesus is the truth of God. And Jesus is the life of God. And no one is coming to the Father except through him. There is no other way. The narrow road leads to life and the broad road leads to destruction. Psalm 119, verse 10 and 11. The word of the Lord is to be more desired than gold. The word of the Lord is priceless. The word of the Lord is sweeter than honey. Moreover, by the word of the Lord, believers are warned. And by keeping God's word, there are innumerable rewards. 
What I'm saying to you here, brother, through the psalm, verse 10 and 11 of 19, it's saying that the word of God is worth more than all the money in the world. That's why I say Sunday is the Lord's day. That's why I say when you hear the word of God, it'll do more for you than what money will do for you. Don't be deceived. Money, God will give you all the money in the six days. He says he'll do exceedingly and abundantly above everything you possibly ask or request. But it's to know the love of Christ. So, you know, it's sweeter than honey. What's sweeter than honey? I had honey on my, uh, on my pancake this morning and, man, that honey was sweet, but the word of God is sweeter than that. Job said, I have esteemed the words of God's mouth more than my necessary bush tucker. Amen. Job was an Aboriginal, if you didn't know. <laughs> yeah, you know I'm kidding. <laughs> Proverbs 20, verse 15 says, There is gold in a multitude of rubies, but the knowledge of the Lord is a precious jewel. Are you starting to understand why David was used so mightily? That he valued the word of God more than he valued all the gold that was in Israel. I pray for you folk that you might value God's word more than everything else that this world could offer. And the irony of it, or the funny thing about it, if you actually put God first, he promises that he'll give you everything that you need. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. Well, that's it. That last page, sorry, I've got to keep you for another two minutes. Dumb old black for you. All right, well, let's, I want to leave you with a bit of an application. What have I said? I've said that Psalm 19, verses 7 to 9, in a nutshell, says that God's word is more richer, more precious than anything else that we have in this world. Anybody heard of David Jeremiah? David Jeremiah said this about the word of God. The word of God is more desirable than gold. It's more precious than rubies. It's better than thousands of coins and silver. Now, I know he probably got it from the Psalms, but he said that. Jerry Bridges said, Our trust must be in the sovereign will of God as he works in the ordinary circumstances of our lives that the things that are ordinary to us will become extraordinary when we serve the Lord with a full heart. And the conclusion is, when you invest your life in the Bible you actually become the richest person in the world. Let's close with a word of prayer. Our Father in heaven, Lord, we are rejoicing because your word is true. We know that you have said in the scripture that heaven and earth will pass away, but your words will never pass away. And Father, we pray for us at Faith Baptist Church today that we won't just be listeners to the word of God, but that we will in fact be doers. And we ask our God that you'll continue to guard the minister's heart here at Faith Baptist, that he might shepherd the sheep of God and that he might uh, bring them to that place where they will love you more than they love anybody else or anything else in this world. For the glory of God, for Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen.